So this is Thanksgiving. And what do we read at Thanksgiving? We read this scripture. It says, First Thessalonians, I'll tell you where it is, First Thessalonians 5.18. In everything give thanks. Do you read, you read that the way I read it? In everything give thanks. Does that mean everything? Does that mean when you have flat tire, you're supposed to say, oh, thank you, Lord, for this flat tire? Are you supposed to say, you know what? Thank you, Lord, for that bee sting that I got. Thank you for the wreck I made out of my life. Is that what we're supposed to say? Is that what really we're supposed to say? But then it goes on. It doesn't even finish there. It says, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Now, does that make any difference? Do you hear what I'm saying here? Does that make any difference that we are supposed to thank God for the things that are everything that is out there? You know, I I believe that what we have is, is that once we're in this position of we have nothing wrong in our lives, you know what we're doing? Thank God for everything. Thank God for everything. But the moment we have one of these bad things happen, we go, oh, I don't know if I can thank God for that. Thomas Paine wrote on December 23rd, 1776, he said, These are the times that try men's soul. The summer soldier in the sunshine, sunshine patriot in a crisis shrink from the service of their country. Well, I will say this of the Christians. So many times what happens to us is when those bad things happen, we say, you know what? I don't know how to give thanks in this. Because you see... Thanksgiving can't simply be a perfunctory act in which we just use our lips and we say, Thank you, Lord, but I don't really mean it. Because he knows our hearts. So how do we get to that spot? That we can say that I can give thanks in an illness or an infirmity or something else that's going on in my life. That's where we have to go. Because if you're going to understand that scripture, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of the Lord in Christ Jesus. I'm going to tell you what, you have to understand that it means what it says. And we have to give thanks in everything. And that is where it really, the rubber meets the road, when it gets really, really tough. So let's look at what happened to Paul. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Here's what he says. Because of the extraordinary greatness of the revelations for, uh, revelations for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might leave me, and he had said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast, boast about my weaknesses. So that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in distresses, in persecutions, in difficulties, in behalf of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We don't know what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. I'm sure that you're going to find, as one of my uh, seminary professors said, I found many first-year students who can tell me exactly what his thorn in the flesh was. We do not know what his thorn in the flesh was. Since it is in the flesh, we must assume it's something physical. You've got to realize that. And since he's praying about it, we've got to assume, assume that it's, nothing, it's not something you can't do anything about, like being short. You understand? Because he was a small man. We know that. And so, so it must have been something that he needed to be delivered from. You know, he's, he now, here's, here's the crazy thing. Realize, if you're out there preaching, and you're out there able to heal people, 
and you can't be healed, what does that say? Don't you think that Paul thought, well, I seem like a real hypocrite. I'm out here healing these people and I personally can't be healed myself. You know, we, we don't know that what he had was something that was so physical. In other words, on the outside, it could have been something psychological. It, he could have stuttered like Moses. We don't know this. He could have had epilepsy. That's what a lot of people have thought he might have. And some people have said it was his eyesight because in one of the uh, letters he says, see, I wrote this with my own hand. See how big the letters are? So he could have had bad eyesight. We don't know what it was. But whatever it was, it was something that was affecting his ministry. You know, otherwise there's no reason for him to rejoice over the fact that he is strong when he is weak. And what did he need strength in? Not simply so that he could just live in the world, but so his ministry would go on in a strong way. And so Paul prays about this fervently. Anytime you have an affliction, you need to pray about it fervently. Understand this. In fact, he prayed three times. You know what that means? It means like better, you know, good, better, best. It means to the highest amount of praying, this is what he did. Fullness of of his praying, he did that. Now, is it because he didn't hear God first? Is it possible sometimes that you have prayed about something, God has answered you, and you, you weren't listening? You understand what I'm saying to you? I mean, I've done that. I remember I, I went to one of my doctors, and it was years ago, because I used to run four to eight miles a day. And my ankles were all swelling up, and they were turning black and blue and all of this kind of stuff. And I went to my doctor, and I said, Doctor, I want you to fix my ankles so that I can, I can uh, continue to run. You know what he said? He said, you need to get a bicycle. I said, I don't want a bicycle. I want you to fix my ankles because I need to run four to eight miles a day. He said, you need to get a bicycle. I said, I don't want to get a bicycle. I want you to fix my ankles. He said, you don't get it. You're not listening to me. You need to get a bicycle. I said, oh, I need to get a bicycle. You see, I didn't want to hear that. So I wasn't listening to that. Could it be that Paul did the exact same thing when he prayed? He prayed the first time. God said to him, you know, your weakness is actually making you stronger. And he said, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. What I want to hear is, is that you're going to fix my problem right now. So Jesus gave Paul a principle that we need all to learn. Power is perfected in weakness. I think we all think that power is perfected in power, but it's not. You see, there's some people that cannot grasp this principle. And what were those difficulties that Paul said he was going to rejoice in afterwards? He said, weaknesses, insults, distresses, persecutions, and difficulties. He says, by my inability to be strong during these times. In other words, these things happen. My weakness actually makes me strong. And he said, I have a joy in this. I have a joy because there's a joy in the serving of the Lord. And he's getting more done this way than he would have had done if he had still gotten rid of the things. So if we are in this business of praying for our own good, you realize... If that's all you're praying for, do you realize some of the bad things that are going to happen to us? And if we're the ultimate good, bad things will never receive thanks. If it's about me, and it's really about me, then I'm never going to give thanks for any of those things that are bad things that happen to me. 
But you see, if it's about the Lord and I realize that there's a strength that comes out of me, not because I'm strong, but because I'm weak, then I can give thanks because, because in that weakness, I am strong. You've got to have something on the outside. Think of it this way. You know, one of the worst pains in a woman's life is having a child. You realize that? She has a child. It's painful. It's a painful thing to have a child. You know what? When we had our first child, I mean, I was so scared because I didn't know if I could take Karen being in that pain. I'm just being honest. And so I prayed and prayed and prayed. And it's no joke. I prayed, oh, Lord, don't let me have to endure 12 hours of labor with her. You understand? That's really true. So we got to the hospital. And guess what? We were there 25 minutes and we had a baby. I thought, that's wonderful. But you know what? My wife is in incredible pain. I could tell she was in incredible pain. Do you know, once that baby was born, she never talked about that pain again. You realize what's going on? There's something on the outside. She was grateful for that child so much so that having that pain was worth every second of it. And guess what? That isn't the end of it with your children. You will end up paying thousands of dollars for these little guys. And guess what? You'll say, thank you, Lord, that I get the opportunity to, to pay for these bills for these little ones. We're thankful for our children. It's outside of us. If it's all about us, we can never be thankful. It's, it must be outside of us. So we are thankful for the results of the thorns in the flesh. You know, God doesn't cause the bad things, nor does he sustain them. But we live in a fallen world, and a fallen world is going to have fallen things happen. Yet God, who works by his purpose, allows those things to continue. And what we should be asking when those things happen is, Lord, what are you going to produce in this? What are you going to produce in this? For when I see that... I, that, I, that that bill is paid, not because I have the money, but because somehow the Lord has come forward. I have a testimony, and that testimony is stronger than me going around and telling people, the Lord will take care of you, but he had never taken care of me. Do you understand? It is a testimony that goes on. When uh, Joni Erickson Tata, you may have heard of her, she broke her neck between her C4 and C5 it left her a quadriplegic. She drove into the shallow waters of the Chesapeake Bay on July the 30th, 1967. She was 17 years of age. Uh, I've gone to hear her in person before, uh, many years ago. She's amazing. She wrote this. I sometimes shudder to think where I would be today if I had not broken my neck. I couldn't see at first why God would possibly allow it, but I sure do now. He has gotten so much more glory through my paralysis than through my health. And believe me, you will never know how rich that makes me feel. If God chooses to heal you in answer to prayer, that's great. Thank him for it. But if he chooses not to, thank him anyway. You can be sure that he has his reasons. That's the truth, folks. And you have to go through some of that. Despair is seeing our difficulty as the final destination, not as a journey. 
When we have that things that happen, it is, it's just a means to our destination. We remember every time that when those bad things happen, and I read this so often. You know why I read it? Because I need to hear it. Romans 8.28, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. You know, I think that a lot of people want to read that, that uh, verse and say it's all candy and nuts, but it's not. And there are some times that are difficult. Sometimes it's wrecks and broken necks and lost hopes. Taking delight and the subsequent thankfulness in the thorns of the flesh are volitional decisions. Paul says that he takes delight in his weaknesses, in his insults, in his distresses, his persecution, and his difficulties. That word for delight is a, is a verb that's in the, it's called a present active indicative. What that really means is it is a volitional decision. You have to make a conscious decision that you're going to take delight in something, especially when it hurts. When it hurts. See, so you take delight in the things that you wish would never have happened. But you must make that decision. And you must make that decision to make, that you're going to take delight. It's not like getting in a hot bath. It's not hard to take delight in a hot bath. You get in a hot bath. It naturally comes to you. You have to decide to do this. And it is so easy to get caught up in the difficulty. The difficulty will take over you if you let it. For it demands attention. It can, it can be all you can think about. And it, it's hard to step back. I think it is cruel to tell someone that is going through a tragedy, this is for the best. I do think that. But no amount of saying this is going to help them see what God is doing in this. So what will happen when you go through these difficult times? Why should you be thankful? Well, I can tell you several things. One, faith is strengthened. Your faith will become stronger as you walk through the difficult time because God will always be there with you. James chapter 1 verse 1, he said, James, the bondservant of of, uh, God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings. Then he says, consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Do you realize what is going on? When those difficult times happen, you stand with the Lord and you hold on to him with both hands. And you say, you know what? I can't make it alone, Lord, but I can make it with you. And what we find is we persevere and we find our strength, our faith is strengthened. Secondly, God receives praise. 1 Peter 1, 6 says, in this you greatly rejoice. He's talking about persecutions. He says, in this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which perishes, perishes though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The praise of the Lord comes from those difficult times, and you can give thanks for that. Third, the word of the Lord is received because you have gone through these difficult times. 
1 Thessalonians 2.13 says, For this reason we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of mere men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which also is at work in, for, in you who believe. Now understand what is going on here. What he's saying is, is that when we have gone through this difficult time, you're saying this stuff is real. Did you know that the church always progresses under persecution? Why is it that it takes persecution for that to happen? Because people see that it is real and the word of God goes out because of that. That's when it really stands out and people say, I want, I want what you got. You got something that doesn't make any sense to me. I want what you got. And so then when we pray, we can pray with thankfulness before we receive what we were praying for. Because we're thanking what? Thanking God, I'm going to, I'm going to praise you through this. I'm going, to, I'm going to, the word of God's going to be received. God, my faith is going to be strengthened in this. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and pleading, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Understand this. Understand this. That when you are praying, you can thank God in the advance. Advance for what you're going through. And what will you thank God for? Mostly, you know what I think, thank God for? You got me, God. You got me. I'm yours. You got me right now. You got my attention too, but you got me. Prayer makes me realize that thankfulness is the expression that reveals that it is true. And you know that, that, that no, more important than anything else, that he's right there with me. And I am not far away from him. And I can tell you in prosperity, so often I wander away. But when I need God with everything that I need God with, I grab a hold of him as hard as I can and I seek him. Which is, while I can tell you what I don't want to tell you right now, but I feel compelled to tell you this. Some of you are going to go through a tough time, maybe even soon. Let me say this to you in advance. God has you. Understand, God has you. And for those that you're maybe you've, uh, you're going through a tough time right now, you may tell you what I'm going to tell you. God has you. He still has you. And for those of you who have just gone through a tough time, I will say this. God had you, didn't he? He had you through all of that. And so, for those who come out of it, would you say, what is the proof that God had you? And the answer, I think, for all of you who've just come out of a tough time, he was holding on to me. I know he was always right there. And so, when those tough times come, folks, I can thank God. I don't like tough times. I genuinely hate them. Understand this. But I know that it draws me so close to him. And I become weak. I understand that. But in my weakness, when it's not me anymore, I'll tell you what it is. It is him and him alone. And then I am strong. So could I get everyone to just let's, uh, let's stand and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you guys. And then we're going to have a benediction.
Father, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for those that are going through tough times right now. I don't know what their tough time is, but I pray that they know that, God, you have them right now. I pray that you will squeeze them really hard just for a moment here so they'll know that you've got them. For those that are about to go through it, I pray they remember this. And they'll know that when they walk into this valley of the shadow of death, that you are with them. You are with them all the way. And for those who have just come out of this, I praise you, Lord, that you had them all the way through it. I thank you, God, on this Thanksgiving. Not because I love bad times, but I love the fact that you have us. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.